0: like a leper. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other.
1: Hello, I'm your host, Stephanie.
0: And I'm your co-host, Michael. Prince of Darkness
1: and welcome to the Spookies podcast where we talk about the strange the weird the terrible the frightening
0: I just want to say that your name might be Stephanie but you'll always be cigarette lady to me Aww. <laughs> <laughs> all right tell them what we got tell them what we got
1: all right we have some announcements we have a new schedule so
0: because we're lazy you no
1: know. no no for a while we've been you know pumping out two podcasts a week trying to get this thing off the ground. Uh, that's hard. <laughs>
0: it's fucking hard. Right.
1: We're still going to be making all of that extra content. It's just going to be moving. So until then, you can get us every week on Sundays from now on. So instead of Sundays and Wednesdays like we have been doing, it'll be every Sunday. And it'll be down to just once a week. However, that bonus content that you've been getting for free We're going to be making that for our patrons. We're setting up a Patreon. Yay! And while we're working getting that all up and started, you can support us at anchor.fm slash thespookiespod and help support us there.
0: This is our full-time job now, guys.
1: Right. So Michael and I work on this every single day.
0: Yes, seven days a week. A lot of research goes
1: into this. We want to make this as entertaining as possible. And also as enlightening as possible.
0: Yes, a combination of horrible and educational. <laughs> Hopefully not horrible in quality, just horrible in content. <laughs>
1: Delightfully horrible.
0: I hope everyone is enjoying this Delta variant summer. Uh, we thought we would cheer you guys up today by talking about something disgusting. So I picked this case from my little list of horrible things I keep on my iPad. Tonight's case is quite a mouthful. You could say it's in bad taste. It's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) So what are we talking about tonight, witch lady?
1: Talking about the Donner Party.
0: Cannibalism. Oh. The consumption of human flesh by other humans. Perhaps the world's oldest taboo, although nowhere near as rare as you have been led to believe. I have been obsessed with this case since I was a kid. And as we have established before, I was a weird kid. That's okay, though, because so was Stephanie. (laughs) My interest in darkness has always been great. I am drawn to the darkness. It is who I am. I still believe in the quaint concept of objective truth. I have always been morbidly fascinated by cannibalism. I, I I can't stand to think about it, yet I can't look away. It's like a car crash. This is who you married, Stephanie. <laughs> this guy right here. I'm a fucking, emb- I'm fucking embarrassing and without shame. I know. <laughs> so, I have a cannibal joke for you, Steph. <sighs> what did the cannibal do after he dumped his girlfriend?
1: Mm, I don't know. Flush. Ew. (laughs) That's gross.
0: Sorry, guys. I had to make a gross sexist joke because I don't want people to think I've been indoctrinated with Biden feminism. All the woke Karens on Twitter have already canceled me, and I am fading into thin air as we speak. Stephanie likes assholes. That's why she married me. I'm a fuck-up, albeit a charming one. I know how to make a woman laugh, just not tonight. So, Steph, what is the worst thing you've ever eaten?
1: Hamburger helper.
0: That's lame.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'm allergic to everything. And back in the day in the 80s, there wasn't a lot to eat. And when you had a busy working family, that's the shit they are Maybe it wasn't
0: cooked. really Hamburger Helper. Maybe it was mystery meat. It was not mystery meat. Long pig.
1: It wasn't long pig. It was, it was hamburger, hamburger Helper.
0: Hamburger Helper. You'd rather be eating long pig than Hamburger Helper.
1: <laughs> well, you know what it was? I think it was all the MSG in there. And I, unbeknownst to MSG myself and my family, I had a raging raging gluten allergy i mean the real kind not the one that all the hipster kids like to say they have i mean
0: when we move to california you can just it doesn't matter (laughs) it won't matter anymore
1: it'll be great because everybody out there pretends
0: they have an allergy
1: it's fine so my real allergy will be completely catered to by people who don't have the allergy but they want you to think they're special that's okay because at least i'll be able to eat food (laughs) not laced with chemicals i'm here to tell
0: you all (laughs) none of you are special i'm just kidding um my answer would be burger king <laughs> <laughs> i am sure their whoppers are actually kangaroo meat with maggot larvae in the patties Gross. everyone every fucking time everyone at burger king looks like a meth lab cook <laughs> i i'm not even kidding are you i'm, sure I'm it's really not, not just
1: where we live
0: no i've been to the i've been to burger King's in, You know, the best neighborhoods, the best places, it's always a crackhead working there.
1: No, I just mean... No offense to crackheads. I just mean maybe it's our state that we live in.
0: I've been to other states. Uh Uh-huh. I've been to Burger King's in nice neighborhoods in uh, in Beverly Hills, and it's still crackheads working (laughs) there.
1: Why? <laughs>
0: because that's the job, you know, that and Little Caesars is the place crackheads get in. No, no,
1: no. Little Caesars has, has a bunch of uh, potheads. They're happy over there. Oh
0: No, there's a crackhead working at our Little Caesars. I like him. He's nice. He makes good pizza. He has no teeth, but he makes good pizza.
1: <laughs> well, maybe he just doesn't have dental. Have you ever thought of
0: that? It, possibly. I don't really care, but yeah. Okay. If you regularly eat at a Chinese restaurant, you would probably eaten a cat. I'm I, look not being racist. No, I lo- I love Chinese food. It's delicious. I, Panda Express is my favorite, but they don't always That's a ha- chain. That's they don't not- always have the best health standards at Chinese restaurants, and it's I, and I've been to ones run by white people completely, and they still there's some gross food there. But I when it's good, it's really good.
1: So why I was asking you this before we decided to record, but seriously, why why Chinese restaurants? Why do they have just low
0: I things. don't know. It's nothing to do with the race. It's nothing to do culturally. I don't know because I've been to restaurants. I've been to China buffets that are run by uh, white people and they have white people cook cooking and it's there. They still have gross shit there.
1: But do you think it made, it's more of a buffet thing that gets people in trouble? It's not.
0: It's also it's the not reg- like it, it's, it's the regular ones as well.
1: It's not just like the ponderosas and stuff because I mean we had a ponderosa in my hometown and oh those
0: are disgusting. It and got shut down for a red What is that other place? It's like ponderosa. It's uh, uh,
1: Western Sizzlin? Is that even around? Ryan's.
0: Those, yeah. Those, those,
1: those I remember Western Sizzlin. This is aging me out, but um, yeah, they were delicious when I was a kid. Now
0: everybody knows you know you're twenty eight.
1: I'm twenty eight. So. <laughs> wait, wait. I we established I was twenty six. Yeah. H- hello.
0: Well, the trolls did. <laughs> okay. No more BS. Those are all BS answers. My actual answer would be my grandmother's cooking. That's my answer. <laughs> she always served me raw, bloody chicken. She could not cook, ch- cook chicken. She was kind of like your dad. Uh, she would always serve undercooked meals. And I would take one bite and spit it out. And I, w- and I wasn't eating that shit. <laughs> it tasted like shit. And then I don't eat shit. I don't tell them, I don't eat shit, Stephanie. <laughs> so they know for sure that I don't eat shit. Okay, I guess she want. Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> you know, uh, my grandmother ate cat food once. <laughs> I kid you not. God. When I told her, her response was, Well, it didn't taste that bad. There was a picture of a cat on the goddamn can. <laughs>
1: did she mix it in anything or she just ate it straight out of the can? It was
0: friskies, guys. <laughs> Dollar bin cat food. So not only did she eat cat food, she ate shitty cat food. <laughs> <laughs> like cat, the kind of cat food our cat likes more than the gourmet food, even though we try to feed her good food.
1: But she didn't make; she wasn't make, trying to make like a tuna fish salad or something. No, or- she was like, "Well, it
0: wasn't that bad." She was
1: just eating it plain.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get more into my grandmother, who is actually my you know raised me and everything. We're gonna get more in her in a couple weeks when we talk about Satanism. <laughs> she was not a Satanist, a, no. But she she knew a Satanist. Okay, I told you guys this episode was going to be fucking gross, and I wasn't fucking around. Tonight's case is grisly and mean. It's like an episode of Seinfeld set in the Old West. (laughs) Stephanie, did Mm. you know that the simple act of chewing your nails down to the quick could be categorized as a lesser form of cannibalism?
1: Well, then you do that every day. I know,
0: I'm guilty. It's so gross. Your fingernails look like they're infected all the Uh, time. uh, They probably are. And, and, and when I post stuff on Twitter, they always see my fingers. They're like, you got weird fingers. No, it's because he's chewed them down to the nubs. Yeah, so fuck you guys on Twitter. <laughs> there are different types of cannibalism. First and foremost, there is symbolic cannibalism, one that resides in the abstract spiritual realm. The symbolic act of Catholic mass, eating a wafer that represents Jesus's flesh and drinking wine that stands in for his blood. Weird pagan rituals white people turned into cracker voodoo.
1: (laughs) The Methodists do this, too. Yes, I know. I know, because that's what I was raised. (sighs) Religion. I'm still not a Methodist anymore, though.
0: FYI. You you know, you're a fucking witch. (laughs) We all know that. You can no longer lie. Okay, then there's endocannibalism. The consumption of human flesh from one tribe of one's own social tribe. The reason for this behavior... Sorry. The reason for this behavior is that the person ingests the characteristics of the deceased. There is like a regeneration of life after death. So it's like they take their life into their life.
1: It's a funeral rite. Yeah. Which honestly doesn't sound that weird. And maybe it's because I read Anne Rice's The Queen of the Damned when I was a teenager. I told you she was weird. And um, I mean, a young teenager. So like barely a teenager because I like to read. <laughs> and honestly, the, she always writes so beautifully about it. Um, Anything religious just makes it sound Well, she used cool. to be Catholic, and yeah, she, and I think, then she
0: was back to Catholic, and I. just... But she
1: romanticizes a lot of the things. I, I just that think are of her as religions. a devil worshiper, but whatever. I love her. I'm though. just
0: joking at her. <laughs> okay, this type of cannibalism is the one that gives people prion diseases such as mad cow and kuru from eating brains. I'm like, stop eating brains, you sick fucks! Seriously, is that racist? I am not. I hate everybody equally, but don't eat brains.
1: Well, I mean. Don't eat them, even if it's a delicacy, because yeah. there are people who are like go to fancy restaurants and they're like, "Let me have this jellied calf's brain."
0: Yeah, I know. There's a reporter named, named Julia Yaffe who I think is really hot. She's from Russia, and uh, she posted on her Instagram a picture of her eating like uh, veal brain.
1: Don't eat veal either. And she Stop was like eating oh, baby cows. I'm like,
0: so cool. Or I lamb.
1: This. Why are we eating the baby I'm like, animals?
0: That's fucking gross.
1: I mean, I get like.
0: You're no longer attractive.
1: I like all the foods with the cute faces. I'm going to admit it. I eat meat. It's, it's delicious.
0: I just want to say. But wanna, does it
1: have to be the babies?
0: I want to make it clear. Why the babies? Everything I've learned about all other cultures, I learned from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Because <laughs> it's like a documentary about India.
1: <laughs> no. What? I love
0: that movie. So does <laughs> Stephanie. Dark Spielberg is the best. Okay, so there's exo-cannibalism, the consumption of flesh outside one's close social tribe. This is
1: the metal version of cannibalism.
0: Yeah. For example, eating one's enemy, tales of this practice suggest headhunting and the display of skulls as war trophies, kind of like the Predator. Fuck yeah. You will find this sort of thing in X-File episodes written by John Scheiben, the scary (laughs) brown people episodes with the spooky ethnic music. Historically, accusations of cannibalism have been used to dehumanize indigenous people. Christopher Columbus did exactly this when he came to this so-called new world.
1: I fucking hate that guy. Christopher
0: Columbus fucking sucks. Only boomers like that colonizing shitlord. Seriously, if you like Christopher Columbus, fuck you. Okay. Then we have, uh, patholo- <laughs> we have pathological cannibalism. Thanks, serial killers such as Jeffrey Dahmer or the fictionalized Hannibal Lecter. Hello, Clar- Clarice. <laughs> the real sickos. I told you guys last week we would be talking about a bad woman, and we are, because most of the people we're going to talk about tonight are men who are fuck-ups, but there's a woman that's I want to mention, because uh, it pertains to pathological cannibalism. Um, it was a woman in Australia, a lovely woman named Catherine Knight, who took a butcher knife from next to her bed, where she had always kept them, and stabbed her boyfriend 37 times. According to the autopsy, he woke up during the attack, but could not fight her off. He succumbed to his wounds and Knight dragged his body downstairs. She skinned him and hung his body from a meat hook in the living room. Then she decapitated him and cut up pieces of his body to cook in a dish with potatoes, pumpkin, beets, zucchini, cabbage, squash, and gravy. She tried to feed him to his own children.
1: Uh, Where the fuck were they when all this was happening? Stephanie,
0: if this woman doesn't qualify, as a Category Five Karen, I don't know who does. <laughs> Again, guys, I told you this episode was going to be gross. Did I lie? No.
1: But where were the kids when she did all this? I
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were asleep. Maybe she knocked them out. Or maybe they were just waiting on to eat dad. I don't know.
1: No, no, because you said the report they didn't eat. They didn't eat it. They refused to eat that shit. Yeah,
0: that's kind of sketchy about how that that why they they didn't eat it. I don't know. So I need to I need to do my research.
1: Yeah, re- research it more because now I want to know uh, how you guys can caught. just Google it. No, so. I want to know. I want to know more. By
0: the end of next week, you're never going to want to hear about cannibalism again. <laughs> trust me. And then there is survival cannibalism, which is what the Donner Party did: the consumption of flesh in emergency situations, such as starvation, typically in an extreme or hostile environment. The Darwin Award winners behind the Donner Party are known to have participated in this particular form of cannibalism. I keep wanting to call them the the Darwin Awards Party. (laughs) Okay. So
1: many bad mistakes happen here. The
0: men in tonight's story really fucked up. The Donner Party is like the historical example of male hubris and arrogance. Yeah. After the break, tales from the crypt on the Oregon Trail. Welcome back to Tales from the, uh, I'm, I mean, the Spookies Podcast. I'm your host, Michael.
1: And I'm your host, Stephanie.
0: All right, so we're doing the first part of the Donner Party today. Uh, it's part one, American Dreams, American Nightmares. I'm going to give you some context. This is pre-Gold Rush. It is a time of westward expansion. This is during the Mexican-American War. And the president at the time was a big proponent of Manifest Destiny, which is white people speak for genocide.
1: And we do whatever the fuck we want.
0: Yeah. And we're going to colonize.
1: And we're going to take over shit that isn't ours, but we're taking it because, you know, we're and white And the
0: Mexicans people. are, you know, they're doing it, and everybody's kind of trying to take California. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's an Eden, according to uh, one of the clowns we're about to talk about.
1: <laughs> it is a gorgeous state, though.
0: Yeah, we're going to move there.
1: It's still beautiful. We're going to move there. Mm -hmm. Even with all those wildfires, I don't care. Yeah,
0: and massive, you know, rent and everything.
1: (laughs) It beats the tornadoes of uh, Midwestlandia.
0: There's nothing here but incest. (laughs) All right.
1: All right, so we're going to get started in part one.
0: Our cast of clowns.
1: Oh, we're starting there? Yeah. It's not what I have in my notes.
0: Well, you can start where you want.
1: What am I setting up here?
0: You're setting up, let's talk about the men first. You
1: want to talk about the dorks? Yes. All right. I like You're the right. men.
0: They're, they're horrible. I like saying that because it gives me cred with feminists.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Our clown <laughs> army includes.
1: <laughs> so the reason we're going to talk about these guys first is that there's a lot of names here in this story of the Donner Party, but these these particular fools um, stand out.
0: They're the reason it fails. hmm
1: yeah, I, yeah. They
0: get a bunch of people killed.
1: Yeah, so so we're gonna start with especially the, the first guy, the king clown here, and he gets a lot of people killed.
0: Was his name Jeff Bezos? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here we go. All right, Lansford Warren Hastings, an Ohio lawyer who promoted the ill-advised shortcut now known as the Hastings cutoff. He wrote a whole little booklet about it for thirty-five cents. Yeah, you could find out how to go directly to California. Professional bullshitter and huckster. His cool new shortcut actually added 125 miles to the route. Wah wah. This stupid shitbird thought he was going to be president of the Republic of California, which is why he wrote this thing.
0: Delusions.
1: (laughs) This trash can of a human being got a bunch of innocent people killed with his
0: lies. And animals.
1: Yeah, all those animals too. For nothing. For nothing. Because he has mediocre white man dreams and delusions.
0: He looks like a douche, by the way. If you Google him, (laughs) he he looks like a douche. This fucking guy. He kind of looks like me. No, I'm just kidding.
1: And onward. George Donner. 60s. Rich guy. Gullible moron. Leader of the Donner Party. He's the kind of guy who today would get all of his news from YouTube and would be adamant that the COVID vaccine contains microchips, whilst carrying a giant portable phone containing actual microchips. So he's your
0: brother. <laughs>
1: yeah. I digress. His idiot brother, Jacob Donner. Jacob's fate, by the way, is both sad and sickening. Listen in to next week. Next week's episode to find out more.
0: It is, it is shocking. It, it really is. <laughs> and I'm, you know, nothing su- shocks me, but it's gross.
1: James Frazier-Reed was an Irish businessman, soldier, and pioneer in the American West. Notable for being an organizing member of the Donner Party disaster. Fun fact, he was an acquaintance of Abraham Lincoln. He almost talked Lincoln into joining the descent into hell. Married Todd, God bless her, Lincoln's wife, talked him out of it.
0: I, I, look, I'm not simping for her, but it's safe to say she saved our collective asses from the Confederate States of America. It, it, it's, it's fucking nuts, though, that Lincoln could have been long pig. <laughs> Now, I will say this.
1: He was a congressman at the time. Yeah. So he's uh, not president yet. This
0: uh, Polk is president. Yeah. This, this asshole Polk, <laughs> who sounds like a piece of, some kind of meat they're going to he's, eat.
1: He's handing out parcels of land, if you can farm it, and saying, hey, you should go out west.
0: P- Polk sounds like a, some kind of meat they're going to eat. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of actually like Reed. Uh, he ends up being a badass. Michael Bender, M- Michael Fassbender should definitely play him in the movie. Because he look, kind of looks like him, too. He like,
1: kind of does look like him. Yeah, yeah he's a very ha- handsome attractive the man.
0: Trage- he has an arc in this story. He, he really he, does. He kind of is the villain and the hero. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, I like him. Even though he starts out arrogant and stupid, um, he does redeem himself. There's
0: a kind of nobility. And he's tough. His family is tough, too. They're rich assholes, but they're tough.
1: They're, he's a tough bastard. Yeah. And it makes sense why he's arrogant. Well, his
0: wife is a badass.
1: We'll, but we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in the story. of Why guy, this guy thinks he's, uh, he's smart. Next guy's not good. Mm, yeah. Lewis Kiesberg, German immigrant, an eccentric, antisocial man who mostly kept to himself. He enjoyed being cruel and beating his wife. Just a little toxic masculinity on the Oregon Trail. Remember Lewis Kiesberg. Remember his name, because you won't forget it after you learn about his story.
0: There are images from next week involving him that will be burned into your brain, and they're absolutely sickening. Okay. So buckle up, guys, because this case is a real shit show.
1: Early America was a haunted and ethereal realm, one that the pioneers and explorers didn't know half as well as they thought they did. On April 16, 1846, nine covered wagons left Springfield, Illinois, on the 2,500-mile journey to California in what would become one of the greatest tragedies in the history of westward migration lore. This is the disturbing and gruesome tale of how a series of bad decisions one after another, culminated in the American dream of manifest destiny becoming a snowbound nightmare. This is the story of stupid white men who doomed the Donner Party, horror and savagery in the wintry California mountains of madness. Yep. Like most pioneer trains, the Donner Party was largely made up of desperate families in search of a better life. These wagons were packed with young children and adolescents. 87 people total, 29 men... 15 women, and 43 children, in a caravan of 23 ox-drawn wagons. The nucleus of the party was from Springfield, Illinois, and consisted of the families of George Donner, his brother Jacob Donner, the James Fraser reed family, and their hired hands. The three families and their employees, traveling in nine wagons, jumped off into the wilderness, crossing the Missouri River at Independence, Missouri, on May 12, 1846. This was the first mistake. The Donner Party started its trip dangerously late in the Oregon Trail season. May 27th, 1846. High water stops the wagon train in the east bank of the Big Blue River in modern-day Kansas. The Donner Party built a raft to carry their wagons across, stalling their already late trip by two weeks. Yep.
0: Already off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) I blame them for going through Independence. That place is cursed.
1: They should have left in April, by the way. Yeah. So they're almost two months behind. May 29th, 1846. During the night while camped, Mrs. Reed's mother, Sarah Keys, dies of consumption and is buried under a tree near Alcove Spring. She is the first casualty of the doomed pilgrimage. Or
0: well, at least she died in a pretty place, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. It's better than just being in a stinky city. <laughs> <laughs> June 16th, 1846. Tams and Donner, George's wife, writes that they are now at the Platte River, 200 miles from Fort Laramie in present day Wyoming. And that the journey so far has been much easier than expected.
0: That was about to change. She
1: was wrong. <laughs> she had no that idea. That bitch was wrong. Aw,
0: <laughs> she's. I like her. So she's very
1: sweet. Yeah. Poor Tamsin. July eighteenth, eighteen forty-six. The Donner Party wagon train con- crosses the continent. The Continental Divide. Sorry, that's hard to say. They are one thousand miles from Independence and have more than one thousand miles to go. So they're at the halfway point. Yeah. Ominous <laughs> dread. <laughs> The Donner Party left Missouri with only enough food to tide them over for four months. Normally, this would be just enough to reach California. And I mean just enough. So they're they're packing light here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they fell behind schedule after taking on an, an untested shortcut called the Hastings Cutoff, an infamous alternate route proposed by Lanford Hastings. Yeah, that dick. The one we talked about earlier. Who wanted to make uh, California and Eden?
0: Classic American grifter. And
1: be a king. <laughs> The castings cutoff was essentially the 19th century version of Mexico will pay for the wall. It is pure snake oil.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to say who said that, but I think we all know.
1: (laughs) It should be noted that one in 10 settlers died on wagon trains. Most died of diseases such as cholera, dysentery, and flu. Some drowned during floods. Some were crushed under wagon wheels. Others were killed by bandits and Native Americans fighting back against encroachment. There were even shooting deaths. The West became a graveyard over time filled with bodies of dead pioneers.
0: And others were killed playing that video game, The Oregon Trail. I love that game. I never played it because I'm a weirdo.
1: I can't believe he's never played this game. How? I think even today's kids can play that game on an app.
0: Yeah, but who would would want to? It looks boring. It's so awesome.
1: (laughs) If you know, you know. I'd rather
0: just play Dark Souls. (laughs) Fuck that shit.
1: Moving on. Play Red Dead. July 31st, 1846. Fort Bridger, Wyoming. James Fraser Reed writes, Hastings Cutoff is said to be a savings of 350 or 400 miles and a better route. The rest of the Californians went the long route, feeling afraid of Hastings Cutoff. But Mr. Bridger informs me that it is a fine, level road with plenty of water and grass. It is estimated that 700 miles will take us to Captain Sutter's fort, which we hope to make in seven seven weeks from this day. While at the fort, James Reed meets James Kleiman an old mountaineer and professional badass who has just come by horse from California with the Langford Hastings by way of a new route, which will soon be known as Hastings Cutoff. Kleiman urges the travelers to avoid Hastings Cutoff and take the regular route instead. He tells Reed they are going to die. They have no idea what is coming their way. It is impassable for a wagon train. If
0: somebody tells me not to take the route, I'm going to die, I'm going to turn around. <laughs> but I'm not an Irishman, so.
1: He was also an acquaintance of James Reed as well. They fought together, I think.
0: I yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, so he knows him. I believe him. so. Yeah, he knows him. It's not just some guy. If I know
0: my history.
1: Yeah, he's not just some guy. He's he's someone he knows, and he's still like, yeah, but I'm going to take uh, the, the one that 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 Hastings wrote about, and Hastings is there, and he's like, Maybe you should take this slightly altered route of the one I spoke of. Instead,
0: it's going to be Chernobyl on the <laughs> Oregon Trail.
1: <laughs> anyway, the Donner Party leaves Fort Bridger and starts out on the Hastings cutoff. So smart. Rather than saving time, Hastings' shortcut ended up adding nearly a month to the Donner's par- Donner Party's journey. That's a month of extra food they don't have. And yes, they were warned not to take the shortcut multiple times even hastings left them additional notes saying turn back not once but twice did they listen
0: no they also didn't get the vaccine
1: <laughs> august 11th 1846 the donner party sets out on the new route but are slowed by the necessity of chopping a road through the brush and trees of the wasatch mountains big ass trees some big ass rocks and boulders guys they got to move all of that fucking shit on their own. There's no trail here. Maybe a footpath. They path. needed like
0: John Cena and The Rock out there to <laughs> lift everything up.
1: They have to make a, a literal new trail to fit the wagons through. The Gray's family now catches up with them. The company now numbers 87 people in 23 wagons. More people meant more mouths to feed. By the time they realized they were short on food, it was already too late to turn back. Within days, they found the terrain on the new route to be much more difficult than than described. "'Painstakingly slow and arduous. "'The constant delays and hardships the group faced on the journey "'further depleted their resources. "'It was August 20th by the time that they reached a point in the mountains "'where they could look down and see the Great Salt Lake. "'It took almost another two weeks to travel out of the Wasatch Range. "'The men began arguing, and doubts were expressed "'about the wisdom of those who had chosen this route, "'especially James Reed, proponent of said route. "'Food and supplies began to run out for some of the less affluent families.' Two members of the group had ridden out with Reed, but had become lost on their way back. By the time that the party found them, they were a day away from eating their horses.
0: I just want to say, if you've ever eaten a hot dog, you know what a horse tastes like. No! It is horse meat.
1: (laughs) It's more accurate if you've been into an Ikea and had one of those weird meatballs, because those were literally made from horse.
0: All the vegetarians and vegans have left the chat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have not eaten those meatballs, by the way. (laughs) Adam's
0: like, I'm out of here, if he's listening to this.
1: August 22nd, 1846. The Donner Party enters the Salt Lake Valley via what will be known as Emigration Canyon, having departed the Weber River using East Canyon. With just a month of summer remaining, there are still 600 miles to go. They are averaging about a mile and a half a day. Guys, they're fucked. Well, below the average of 16 miles a day, which is would, would keep them a little more on track if they could keep to that 16 miles, but mm, mm. Mm. you could probably walk faster. Yeah. <laughs> Than haul these pieces of shits through the the forest. They are falling further behind schedule. Mm-hmm. On August 25th, Luke Halloran, a young Irishman who owned a small store in St. Louis, was the second member of the Donnie Party to perish. The 25-year-old suffered from tuberculosis, and despite Tamsin Donner's best care, the arduous journey was just too much for him. He had hoped the West could cure him; instead, it killed him is buried in a coffin at a fork in the road the following day.
0: I, I'm an asshole, so i going to make a Doc Holliday joke, but I'm just going to say this is sad. So
1: It is sad. Yeah. You know, uh, later on, when these, these routes were more established with railroad and that kind of thing, there were sanitariums built for people um, who are suffering from tuberculosis, also known as consumption, and people like Doc Holliday went there. They were up in the mountains, they were out in Arizona, they were in California, they were just all over the place thinking, oh, it's clean air, that, that'll do it.
0: Well, one of the things they also did, we found out, is that they would bury bodies in the trail.
1: Literally underneath where the wagon ruts yeah. were to keep wild animals away from the bodies. And yeah, I'm assuming away from sense. the people, because if you're having like a bunch of wolves show up in the middle of your um, journey. Yeah, pilgrimage. Your pilgrimage. <laughs> Out to the west, it's not so great.
0: Your block party.
1: Yeah. Where are we at? August thirtieth. Okay. August thirtieth, eighteen forty-six. The Donner Party reaches Redlem Spring, the last source of water before the dry dry drive begins. This
0: then is this is where it all goes to hell. It
1: really starts to go bad here. This is suicide, because they're going to set out to the to cross the Great Salt Lake, yeah. And it is a barren wasteland.
0: Th- this is Act Two of the three act play.
1: Mm-hmm. In the heat of the day. This is what happens here. In the heat of the day, the moisture underneath the salt crust rises to the surface and turns into a gummy muck. The desert becomes quicksand. Wagons got stuck. It was unbearably hot in the day and freezing cold at night. One of the most inhospitable places on planet Earth.
0: I've lived in the desert. It is fucking cold at night. All you city people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but at least that the, that desert has cactuses. The Salt Lake has nothing. No, There, there is nothing there. It is just...
0: It's like being on Mars.
1: Right, right. With muck. It used to be the bottom of an ocean.
0: It looks... I, also, there's this... Another thing we didn't talk about is when you're walking across it, you get blind. You can go blind from the... Rock. Oh, from the glare? Cause yeah. It's, so bri- it's, it's like very snow white. blindness. Yeah, it's, it's really white. It, I think it was even used in a movie. Snow blindness will play a role next week, too. So.
1: September 3rd, 1846. On the third day in the desert, the water completely runs out. That night, the reeds' thirsty oxen run off, never to be found. The reeds take a few things and set out on foot.
0: The cattle were like, fuck this shit, see ya, bye. And they were like, nope.
1: The Donner Party didn't properly protect their cattle. In what became a deadly pattern, Native Americans kept stealing cattle from the NF crew. <laughs> Sorry.
0: You guys. <laughs> Come on. This Get like, your shit together.
1: I know. But can, can you put up some sentries? I mean... I mean, some of these guys were in the army. (laughs) They should know.
0: Stupid white men.
1: (laughs) The cycle continued with Native Americans shooting and stealing their cows until they had lost over 100 cattle. Many oxen had died of thirst in the desert. You know, because there's no fucking water. Mm -hmm. Losing the cattle meant some wagons had to be left behind. It also meant another food source was gone.
0: They were royally fucked. Royally. (laughs) Royally. Mm -hmm.
1: September 8th, 1846. The Donner Party finished the five-day journey across the 80-mile desert, which Hastings had said was half as wide. Spoiler, he lied. He does that a lot. Yeah. It had been a disaster. They had lost 36 head of cattle, half of them reeds, and four wagons have to be abandoned. Several people had almost died of thirst. They spend the next week at the foot of Pilot Peak recuperating from their ordeal, hunting for cattle and storing their possessions. September 10, 1846. The Donner Party sets out again. After taking an an inventory of their supplies, the Party has realized that they don't have enough food to get them to California and have sent Charles Stanton and William McCutcheon ahead to Sutter's Fort to request more. Yep. October 5th, 1846. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Two wagons in the remaining group become entangled, and John Snyder angrily beat the ox of Reed's hired Teamster. When Reed intervened, Snyder proceeded to beat him with a whip handle— when Reed's wife attempted, attempted to intervene, she too was struck. Reed retaliated by fatally plunging a knife under Snyder's collarbone, piercing his heart. Fatality.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm on team team Reed all the way. I think this guy fucking deserved it.
1: This guy, okay, and, and there's even saying that there was a driver and that he beat the driver too. Snyder did. So Snyder was beating on the driver, beating on the oxes. Then he beats Reed, and then he beats Reed's wife with a whip in the whip handle and blooding all their faces and just, you know, fucking them up. He's an asshole. The guy is an asshole. Deserves to die. <laughs>
0: Fuck that. He's not wearing his mask on the airplane. <laughs> anyway, but the problem for Reed is everybody hates Reed because they're fucking dying and he put them on this route. So. So you know, there's
1: consequences. Yeah. That evening, the witnesses gathered to discuss what was to be done. United States laws were not applicable west of the Continental Divide in what was then Mexican territory and wagon trains often engaged in their own vigilante justice. Snyder had been been popular, and Reed was not, because everyone blamed him for taking the stupid route. Lewis Kiesberg demanded that Reed should be hanged, but an eventual compromise allowed him to be banished from the camp without his family, who were to be taken care of by the others. Reed helped bury Snyder the next morning, was given a gun by his stepdaughter, and set off on foot for California.
0: It's the Revenant.
1: (laughs) You know, it's kind of a good thing that he killed this guy, because... Well, you'll find out. Yeah, you'll find, you'll find out. out. It's kind of a good thing that Reed is banished from the party. He
0: should have killed the uh, the, the German guy. Keesburg. Keys- <laughs> <Keysburg. laughs>
1: the trials that the ill-fated Donner Party had so far endured resulted in splintered groups, each looking out for themselves and distrustful of the others. Grass was becoming scarce, and the animals were starting to die. To relieve the animals' load, everyone was expected to walk. October seventh, eighteen forty-six. Louis Kiesberg turns Mr. Hardcoop, an elderly Belgian traveling with him, out of his wagon to lighten the load, telling the old man he had to walk or die. Everyone who can can is walking. A few days later, Hardcoop sat next to a stream, his feet so swollen they had split open. He was never seen or heard from again. William Eddy pleaded with the others to find him, but they all refused, swearing they would waste no more resources on a man who was almost 70 years old.
0: This sounds like America today. Fuck your grandma. I ain't wearing no goddamn mask. I ain't getting no vaccine. My freedom comes first. My body, my rights. My Except rights, you, woman. Everybody's your own, your own. And you wonder why well, I'm a nihilist. It's this kind of shit. <laughs> Not much has changed. Here's my question: What would you have done, Stephanie? Would you have would you have left this guy behind, or no? I wouldn't have, and I'm an asshole. So these guys are really assholes.
1: No, and and, and I'm a pragmatist. So no, I, I wouldn't because I think my I, I'm a bleeding heart at the end of the day, and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Well, it's too mean.
0: The good news is, I guess they're all going to get what's coming to them.
1: Yeah, because I mean, any of the other ones could have picked him up, and they were like, no. Nah.
0: Next week, it, it comes back. To haunt them. Mm-hmm.
1: October 13th, 1846. Since the Native Americans have killed almost all of his cattle, a German immigrant named Wolfinger stops at the Humboldt Sink to store his wagon. Two men, Joseph Reinhardt and Augusta Spitzer, stay behind to help, but return without him, saying that he has been killed by Indians.
0: Hmm.
1: Reinhardt later confesses to have having killed Wolfinger.
0: So, if you want justice, you got it. Because Reinhardt later dies of fever and is cannibalized. <laughs> and the other guy starves to death. <laughs> very Tales from the Crypt-like ending for both. They get yes. so poetic they, justice. They
1: murder the guy, steal his stuff, and then... Uh, this is very... It's like
0: Red Dead Redemption 2. It's, it feels very... It feels know.
1: like it's a side quest on Red Dead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's the bad guy in Red Dead 2 that you hate? Micah? Micah, I hate it's that like guy. It's like Micah. <laughs> Micah and, and Dutch. They yeah. get fucked. October 25th,
1: 1846. The Pioneer's food is almost depleted when Charles Stanton returns from Sutter's Fort. He brings seven mules loaded with provisions and two Native American guides, Luis and Salvador, plus the news that the pass through the Sierras should be open for another month.
0: Luis and Salvador have a big part to play in Part 2. We're going to talk about them more in Part 2, but remember their names.
1: October 30, 1846. William Foster accidentally shoots his brother-in-law, William Pike, who dies a short time later. Snow falls during his burial in Truckee Canyon. About this date, Reed and McCutcheon get horses and supplies from Sutter and head back into the mountains after their families. They meet deep snow and are unable to continue, so they cache the provisions and return to the fort to await another opportunity.
0: The wheels are coming off the clown wagons.
1: On Halloween, 1846, the front axle of George Donner's family wagon breaks. While crafting a new one, George cuts his hand badly. George and Jacob's group lags behind while the rest of the party moves on. So the cut on George's hand, it's important. Yeah.
0: It furthers the plot in the next episode.
1: (laughs) In an age when there is no penicillin, it's important. by the way, who can craft an entire wagon wheel by themselves? That's kind of
0: I I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't do I can't I can't even change a tire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just I know how to change the oil. I'm gonna carve up a new wheel here. I can't
0: put air in the tires. I don't know fucking
1: Early November, 1846. Patrick Brain wrote of this time. We pushed on as fast as our failing cattle could haul our almost empty wagons. At last, we reached the foot of the main ridge near Truckee Lake. It was sundown. The weather was clear, but a large circle around the moon indicated an approaching storm. The Donner Party spends the night at the lake, one thousand feet below the summit. During the night, it begins snowing beneath the frozen moon. It snows and snows, and snows. An endless blanket of white death in a seemingly eternal night. As snow falls on the demoralized pioneers, they tried to sleep in the freezing cold. Unfortunately, the nightmare was just beginning.
0: So next week, we're going to journey further into the darkness at the heart of the American dream and the Donna Party Part 2, the Forlorn Hope, and the Camp of Death. And you need to tell where people can find us, and we're now an apple, so...
1: Yes, so wherever you would like to listen to us, we are on most of the major podcasting areas, including Apple Podcast. And if you could give us a like, review us over there, that would be really, really great. Help us promote the show. You can find us at the Spookies Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. I think that's at the Spookies Pod, and yeah, we're on Twitter. we're on a TikTok, but I don't think we've gotten the hang of that yet.
0: And if you want to tell me I'm canceled, you can send us an email at thespookiespodcast at gmail.com.
1: But who would want to do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed.
0: See you next week.
1: Bye-bye.